fans to episode number 87 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I am your host, John Chick. Dust still settling on everything that happened on what was pretty crazy trade deadline day for the NHL. A lot of deals going down. The Rangers perhaps not quite as active as a lot of us thought that they would or could be, but I think both moves that they made made a lot of sense. And that was, of course, first and foremost, the re-signing of Chris Kreider. He gets a new seven-year deal. We're going to talk about that a little bit more today, get into the financials a little bit and what it means for this franchise going forward. And then, of course, also, we didn't get a chance to talk about this yesterday because the episode was done being recorded by the time that this deal happened, but the Rangers send Brady Shea to the Carolina Hurricanes in exchange for a first-round draft pick. So I thought the Rangers did really well for themselves at this trade deadline season. You can also mix in the uh, trade of Julian Gauthier, Joey Keane for Julian Gauthier, and also, you know, very minor trade, but they also bring in uh, Barabee, a goalie from the Flyers. So overall, you know, four total moves, and I thought the Rangers pretty much knocked it out of the park. If I'm going to put a letter grade on it, I think I would have to give it an A. But let's start this episode once again by talking about Chris Kreider and his re-signing with the team for seven years. And, you know, for most of this season on this podcast, I had kind of expressed my belief that the Rangers would probably end up trading Kreider. And I didn't want that to happen because I think at a certain point, like I've talked about on here, I think a veteran player, a good hard-nosed player like Chris Kreider, who has a great all-around game and is one of the elder statesmen on this team, I think somebody like that at a certain point becomes more valuable to you than draft picks and or prospects, which may or may not work out. You never know how it's going to go. You know, the Rangers, not too long ago, they took Leas Anderson with the seventh overall pick in the draft, and we all know how that's worked out for them so far. So there's no guarantees. You know, obviously a first-round draft pick would be nice to have, but hey, you know what? They got a first-round draft pick in exchange for Brady Shea. So I think everything really worked out nicely. But as for Kreider, you know, me saying that I thought that the Rangers would end up trading him. That wasn't me trying to do like a, a reverse jinx thing or anything like that. It's really just me looking at their recent history and looking at all the different players that they've traded at the trade deadline over the last two years. Uh, guys like Kevin Hayes, Matt Zuccarello, Ryan McDonough, JT Miller, Rick Nash. You could even throw guys like Michael Grabner and Nick Holden in there as well. I mean, the Rangers have been bonafide sellers at the deadline the last two years. It's been a couple of fire sales. Mixed results as far as the uh, returns are concerned. Obviously, I think Ryan Lindgren coming back in exchange for Rick Nash. That looks like it was a, a really nice deal. And then also receiving Adam Fox from the Carolina Hurricanes in 2019 for a second round pick and a conditional third round pick. Uh, that's a great trade as well. You know, that's obviously worked out very well for the Rangers. But for every deal like that, you know, you get a deal such as the one that they made with Tampa Bay. And in that deal, of course, the Rangers sent Ryan McDonough and JT Miller to the Lightning in exchange for Vladislav Nemestikov, Liber Hayek, Brett Howden, a 2018 first-round pick, a 2019 conditional second-round pick. Now, the Rangers did use that 2018 first-round pick to select Niles Lundqvist, a defense on who they are still very high on. But overall, you know, I don't think the Rangers got enough in that trade. But bottom line, you know, I'm kind of reminiscing about all these recent Ranger trades here. It's a long way of saying that you just don't know how these trades are going to pan out. When, when you acquire players who are unproven at the NHL level and draft picks, 
And you may or may not hit on the draft picks. Not everybody bats a thousand with their draft picks in the NHL, and the Rangers are certainly no exception there. And so, again, Chris Kreider, just a great all-around player, a guy who's been here for almost a decade. Again, one of the elder statesmen on this team. And even if you get a first-round draft pick in exchange for Kreider, which seems likely, I mean, the way the returns that players were bringing at the deadline this year were kind of crazy. So I think it's a safe assumption that the Rangers certainly would have gotten a first-round pick in exchange for Chris Kreider. I mean, that probably would have been just the starting point of any trade involving Kreider. But you never know how that first-round pick is going to pan out. And whoever the Rangers do use with that pick, is he going to turn out to be as good of a player as Chris Kreider? I'm not so sure he is. I think at worst, Chris Kreider has been the third best forward overall for the Rangers this season. I think Panarin's got to be number one. And then, you know, you can have your pick between Kreider and Zibanejad. But to me, it's just really cool that Going forward, we know we're going to have all three of these guys on the team. I mean, these are three really, really good players. I would call Panarin and Zibanejad both superstars. Kreider is close to that level. I mean, I think Kreider has the more balanced all-around game in terms of, you know, going to the net and throwing his weight around a little bit out there and, and using his speed. He's got a really unique skill set that you don't see even in some of the superstars in the league because he's physical as well as, you know, having all these great scoring tools. It's really not a common thing in this league, and like I said, you know, it's just cool to know that we're going to have three players this good with the Rangers for a long haul. Chris Kreider now is signed for more years than anybody else on the Rangers. He is signed through 2027. Panarin is signed through 2026. Mika Zibanejad only signed through 2022, and obviously, you know, they're going to have some work to do whenever his contract is coming up, but I think that's a bridge that we'll cross when we get to it. I'm sure the Rangers will do everything they can to keep Mika Zibanejad in the fold. But another thing I've been talking about on here during this season, you know, we've been going through the whole season with the Rangers on here and the whole, will they or won't they trade Chris Kreider? The one big myth that I've been trying to dispel on here is this idea that they have no choice but to trade Chris Kreider. Because when you look at everything, the whole total picture with this team going forward, and as far as, you know, how much cap space they're going to have to maneuver, given the cap space that they have coming up next season, and they should have even more the season after that, it never, to me, looked like it needed to be a foregone conclusion that the Rangers absolutely positively needed to trade Chris Kreider. And when you look at this contract that he got, again, he's going to have an average annual value of six and a half million dollars per season. I think it's completely fair for both sides because it's not a signing if you're the Rangers that's going to like handcuff you for, for the next seven years. And that's especially true now that we know that Brady Shea has been traded because that frees up some cap space as well. Again, we're going to talk about Brady Shea in just a minute here. But even without the Shea trade, this was not an unreasonable amount of money for the Rangers to commit to a 28-year-old who, again, has a very strong all-around game for this team and a guy who could be in the mix to be the next captain. You know, we'll see how the Rangers look to play it in the offseason. And, you know, it's possible they don't have a captain next year either because they don't have one right now. And this team seems to have great chemistry and everybody's playing well. But I think if the Rangers are going to choose a captain next year, and I think it's probably better than a 50-50 chance that they will. I think you're probably looking at either Chris Kreider or Mika Zibanejad wearing the C next year for the Rangers, but obviously Chris Kreider's in the mix, and whether he's the captain or not, he's going to be one of the leaders of this team going forward. And something else that really bodes well for the Rangers going forward is they are going to have a ton of money coming off the books, not after this season, but the season after that, because that is when Henrik Lundqvist, Mark Stahl, and Brendan Smith are all unrestricted free agents. And even if any of those three players comes back with the Rangers, which I it seems like a long shot to me, but if any of them comes back, they're going to be making a fraction of what they're making now. That's a lot of money coming off the books. 
Next season, Henrik Lundqvist will carry an $8.5 million cap hit. Mark Stahl will carry a $5.7 million cap hit. Brennan Smith will carry a $4.35 million cap hit. That is a total of $18.55 million for these three players. And when they come off the books the season after that, obviously the Rangers are going to be up to their necks in cap space. They're not. They're going to have so much money to play around with, they're not even know what to do with it. And even before that happens, even just going into next year, the Rangers right now currently projected to have about $15 million in cap space going into the offseason. So for anyone who's worried that, you know, giving this deal to Chris Kreider is going to mean that they can't do anything else, that they can't possibly re-sign any of their restricted free agents. I know there's some people who really want Tony D'Angelo back. You can count me among them. There, We got some big Ryan Strom fans. A lot of people like Jesper Foss. I mean, I like all these players, and in a perfect world, we'd be able to keep all of them. Maybe keeping all of them isn't quite realistic. Uh, you've also got, you know, Alex Georgiev is a restricted free agent. Brendan Lemieux is a restricted free agent. So the Rangers, they're going to have some decisions to make. I don't think they can keep every single one of these guys, but it's not as if resetting Chris Kreider prevents you from bringing any of these guys back. And a lot of these guys, all of them except for Jesper Foss, are restricted free agents. The, so the Rangers can kind of, when they get to free agency next season, they can kind of bide their time a little bit, wait to see how everything shakes out, and then they will have the option to match any offer that any of these players get. So yeah, I mean, I again, I, I don't think that this re-signing of Chris Kreider necessarily means that all these other guys are out the door. I'd be surprised if a few of these guys weren't back next season. And then whatever money the Rangers don't use in re-signing their own guys, hey, maybe there's some other free agent out there from somewhere else around the league that the Rangers might want to bring in next season. They've got some options. That's the bottom line. So again, I really think this is a very reasonable contract for both Kreider and the Rangers. And anyone concerned that this Kreider contract kind of you know, eliminates the possibility of the Rangers doing anything else in this offseason. Fear not, the Rangers do have some cap space to play around with, and it's going to be very interesting to see which one of these restricted free agents the Rangers prioritize when free agency rolls around. Now, anyone who's listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you guys know that I've been in the uh, pro bring Chris Kreider back camp pretty much since the start of the season. I've always kind of hoped that the Rangers and Kreider would somehow come to some kind of an agreement here, some kind of an understanding, some kind of compromise where Chris Kreider could be kept with the Rangers for a long time going forward. But I also think it's only fair for me to point out that, you know, there are some detractors to this move. There are some people who looked at the potential return that Chris Kreider would have fetched had the Rangers moved him, and they would have rather had that than Chris Kreider. And those views are not unwarranted because, you know, you look at Chris Kreider and it's somebody who has never had a 60-point season. In fact, his best season of his career was in 2016-2017. He had 53 points there. Uh, Last year, he had 52 points, so he came pretty close to that. And you're not wrong. You know, listen, this, and we've talked about this on this, on this podcast as well. I hesitate to call Chris Kreider a bonafide superstar because when you look at these numbers, they don't scream superstar. They scream darn good player. And with Kreider, certainly there are some things that don't show up in the stat sheet. You know, his willingness to drive to the net, his flat out speed that he possesses, and just the fact, again, that he's going to be a big time leader for this team going forward. And also the chemistry that he has with Mika Zibanejad as well. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But yeah, I mean, I, I certainly see the other side of the argument. But the biggest question that I pose to the people who wanted to trade Chris Kreider is, what exactly were you hoping to get in return for Kreider? And again, listen, a first-round draft pick, that's something to sneeze at. I think any trade involving Kreider probably would have started with the acquiring team giving the Rangers a first-round draft pick. So I get it. But listen, the Rangers, they're... They've gone all out with this rebuild. They are the youngest team in hockey. They have so many players on the NHL level 
right now that have shown so much potential this season that are only going to get better moving forward. And that doesn't even include all the guys in the minor league system who are coming down the pipe, whether you're talking about a Vitali Kravtsov, and, and there's a decent chance we see Kravtsov before the season ends, whether you're talking about a Niles Lundquist, who the Rangers are extremely high on, whether you're talking about Keandre Miller, who did a nice job for Team USA in the World Juniors. There's a lot of good players coming down the pipe for the Rangers, and you know, if you trade Chris Kreider, there's no guarantees, first of all, that any of the return package, that those pieces are going to work out for the Rangers. And there's also certainly no guarantee that those players are going to turn out to be better players than Chris Kreider. And so at some point, I really think you got to send the right message to the locker room. That's another thing here, because we've seen for two straight years, it's just been a, a nonstop recycling of veteran players. And I get why the Rangers did it, and I give them credit for doing so. They wanted to go all out with this rebuild, and I believe they have done that. But at a certain point, you got to hang on to some of these players. I mean, you can't send everybody away. You can't trade every single good player that you have for future assets. And I think the Rangers are far enough along in this rebuild. Again, they're having a really nice season. They're right there in the playoff mix. They've won more games than they've lost, even if you include the overtime losses. It's happening, man. The rebuild is happening right before our eyes. And I think to trade Chris Kreider away, you would have really weakened this team and really kind of set them back. And I, I don't think it's the time to do that. Again, Chris Kreider, only 28 years old. So I, I think this is a contract that's going to really work out for both sides. Certainly, if you wanted the Rangers to trade Chris Kreider, I can appreciate that viewpoint. You know, the Rangers probably would have gotten uh, a really nice return. But hey, you know, at some point, this, this game has a pulse, okay? You know, it's not all, you know, analytics and numbers and let's restockpile the farm system. It can't always be about that. Chris Kreider has value to this team. Have you seen him play with Mika Zibanejad? I mean, those two are just fantastic together. And recently, that line has just absolutely been on fire. And we got to give credit to Buchnevich as well, because he's held up his end of the bargain. He's played very well recently. Those three are just firing on all cylinders. And, you know, Kreider and Buchnevich, it's kind of the same thing with Strom and Panarin. You see that chemistry when you watch these games. It just jumps right through the television set. They have big-time chemistry out there. They put the puck on a tee for each other, and I'm just really looking forward to watching Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad continue to do what they do, continue to just thrive on that top line, along with Pavel Buchnevich as well. Uh, that's been a really fun line to watch, and we're going to get many more years, hopefully, of Kreider and Zibanejad together. So, yeah, again, you know, I, I certainly see why some people wanted Kreider traded, but to me, the pros of bringing him back just, they just outweigh the cons. You know, it, it's really just as simple as that. And just one last thing that I wanted to mention here about Chris Kreider before we move on to Brady Shea, the trade of Brady Shea, is let's also keep in mind that Kreider was fairly unselfish here because if put yourself in Chris Kreider's shoes. If you're Chris Kreider, wouldn't you be tempted to make it to free agency and in doing so, you can then negotiate with all 31 NHL teams rather than just the Rangers. And not that every single one of the 31 NHL teams are going to line up around the block for Chris Kreider, but I bet at least, you know, eight or 10 of them are going to have fair to significant interest in sending Chris Kreider to a contract. And, you know, you can play those teams off of each other and do everything you can to get a better deal for yourself. And Kreider didn't do that. He he basically just negotiated with the Rangers here. They're the only team he can negotiate with because, again, it's not free agency season, so he can only talk to the Rangers. And, you know, $6.5 million, you know, that's he's doing well for himself, don't get me wrong, but it's entirely possible that he could have had more if he held out and, and waited to hit free agency and really forced the Rangers' hands. The Rangers would have probably been forced to trade Chris Kreider had they not gotten this extension done because you're really playing with fire 
if you don't trade him and also don't don't do an extension before the deadline because you know if the Rangers would have just held on to him through the regular season and then he walks in free agency that's a complete disaster nobody would have wanted that so again just really happy that this deal got done but again you know I think Chris Kreider was fairly selfless here because if he really wanted to play hardball with this team then he would have forced their hand maybe forced them to trade him and then he's a free agent at the end of the season and he's free to do whatever he wants and sign with any team you know, he could just go to the highest bidder of the 31 NHL teams and probably could have gotten more money than he did here from the Rangers. So good on both sides for getting this done, because as we talked about yesterday, it seems like there was true, genuine interest on both sides in getting a deal done and keeping Chris Kreider here with the Rangers. And now it's done and we can wash our hands of of the situation. We don't have to stress about what's going to happen with Chris Kreider anymore. The trade deadline is coming gone, but we do need to talk about Brady Shea here because of course the Rangers at the zero hour trade Shea to the Carolina Hurricanes for a first round draft pick. And the thing that I have to say about Brady Shea here is, and anyone who's listened to this podcast, you know, for any amount of time, you guys probably know how I feel here overall, but for anyone who's new, whatever it was that the Rangers saw in Brady Shea, that made them think that he was going to be like a top-of-the-line defenseman and whatever it was that enticed them to give Brady Shea a six-year contract extension, whatever they saw in Shea, I never saw it. And I'm not trying to be mean here. I'm not trying to kick somebody on his way out the door. I just think the Rangers kind of overestimated his career trajectory a little bit because about three years ago, he did have the best season of his career for the Rangers. But for whatever reason, I just could never quite get on board with this. I've just never been a true blue Brady Shea guy. And I think, you know, when you look at it over what he's done the last couple of years, I think it's fair to say that he has plateaued at best, maybe even regressed a little bit. The thing about Shea that is just so maddening is he's just very inconsistent because there's been times even this year where he goes out there and he has a great game and he looks awesome. But then there's games where he goes out there and it, it looks like the guy has, has barely played hockey before. and there's times this season, and even last season, I believe, where he was a healthy scratch. And when you sign somebody to a six-year contract extension, you don't anticipate making them a healthy scratch. And and it wasn't unwarranted either, because he was coming off of a game where, or a series of games where he just hadn't played well, and he was the odd man out for David Quinn. And Quinn doesn't really play favors. He doesn't really care what your contract says. He's going to go with the, the best lineup, the lineup that he thinks gives him the best chance on any given night. And if you're a Ranger fan and you're a little bit wary about trading Brady Shea away, you know, I, I hear you because he's actually the elder statesman of the Ranger blue line. He has been here other than Mark Stahl. He's been here longer than any other Ranger defenseman. And so, you know, I get it. He has shown flashes of, you know, really good play for the Rangers. So if you're a little bit wary about him being traded and what this might mean to the defenseman moving forward, I get it. But I think the best way to look at this if you're a Ranger fan, and especially if you're a pro Brady Shea guy and you didn't want this trade to happen, the best way to look at this is right now, I really believe that the Rangers have four defensemen on the NHL team who are all better than Brady Shea. I mean, I don't know how else to say it, but I mean, you look at Adam Fox, you look at Ryan Lindgren, you look at Tony D'Angelo, and you look at Jacob Truba. Have any, has Brady Shea outplayed any of those four guys this season? I really don't think he has. You know, I think at best, he's the fifth best defenseman on the Rangers. And that doesn't even take into account guys that are coming down the pipe. Like we mentioned Ke'Andre Miller earlier. We mentioned Niles Lundqvist earlier. Liber Hayek, you know, small sample size this year with the Rangers and a little bit of a mixed bag, but he's going to get another chance at some point as well. I just don't think that the Rangers needed to hang on to Brady Shea. And will this weaken the defense group initially? Yes, it will. 
because I'm not sure who the Rangers are going to call to the NHL level to replace Brady Shea here in the interim, but Shea obviously has more NHL experience and has done more than whoever they're going to bring up to the NHL team has. But again, I just think going forward, Ranger fans, you know, you're barely going to feel this in a couple of years when we've got guys like Miller and Lundqvist and maybe even Hayek mixing it up at the NHL level. I don't think you're going to miss Brady Shea. And the big thing about this move for me is that it just made too much sense not to do it because like we said, Shea right now, probably only the Rangers' fifth best defenseman. On top of that, the Rangers are getting a first-round draft pick in return for Brady Shea. Now, as we discussed earlier, you never know how these draft picks are going to shake out. The Rangers, you know, they took Leah Sanderson in the first round a couple of years ago. That obviously hasn't gone very well. But you should be able to do all right for yourself when you acquire a first-round draft pick. And here's the difference between trading Brady Shea for a first-rounder and trading Chris Kreider for a first-rounder. Kreider, we know, is a darn good player for the Rangers. Shea was an all right and an inconsistent player for the Rangers. And there's no guarantees for sure that that first-round draft pick that the Rangers would have used in exchange for Chris Kreider would have gone on to become a better player than Chris Kreider. But I think the Rangers look at it as, we now have this first-round draft pick. We should be able to take somebody who turns out to be a better player than Brady Shea. And again, I'm not trying to be mean to Shea, but that's just kind of the facts right now. I think that's where the Rangers are as an organization. And again, the Rangers dealt from a position of strength here. They traded a defenseman, of which they have many. And so I, I would be surprised if the Rangers do not use that first-round draft pick on a forward because, again, that's where the Rangers are a little weak. And with this trade, the Rangers now have three first-round picks over the next two seasons. They have 19 overall draft picks over the next two seasons. And again, going back to Chris Kreider, that's another reason why they really didn't need to trade him. They have 19 picks over the next few seasons. they got to be able to hit on at least a few of those. And three of them, now with this Brady-Shea trade, are going to be happening in the first round. They will have three first-round picks over the next two seasons. And the Rangers should be able, like I said, to do pretty well at those picks, at least hit on the majority of them. Another big thing here is that Brady Shea had really kind of plateaued for the Rangers, and we talked about that a little bit earlier as well, but when I look at Brady Shea and when I look at other players on this team, I see so many players on this team who are consistently getting better as the season progresses, guys whose career trajectory just seems to really be pointed up, and I don't see that with Brady Shea. I see a guy who's just kind of staying the same, who hasn't really gotten better over the last few seasons, and again, he's he's a solid defenseman. I'm not going to sit here and kill Brady Shea and say that, because you go on social media, and you see, you know, all these comments about, oh, Shea sucks. Shea's worthless. Get rid of Shea. I'm not saying any of that. Shea is a, a solid NHL defenseman, but I just don't see the upside with Brady Shea the way that I see upside with an Adam Fox, with a Ryan Lindgren, with a Tony D'Angelo, so, and, and certainly also the minor leaguers who will be on their way as well. So to me, it just made sense to move on from Brady Shea, and it also, like we were talking about, it frees up some cap space because, again, Shea was only in the second year of a six-year $31.5 million contract. That's an average annual value of $5.25 million. So that's a pretty penny to, to pay to somebody who's probably only your fifth best NHL defenseman. And I don't know about you guys, but I would rather have Tony D'Angelo going forward than Brady Shea. And there's no guarantees that that's going to happen, but this certainly improves the chances because maybe some of that money or a lot of that money that was going to Brady Shea is now going to go to Tony D'Angelo. D'Angelo, a restricted free agent this upcoming offseason, and we'll see how that goes. We'll see how much the Rangers prioritize Tony D'Angelo, you know, compared to guys like Ryan Strom and Alex Georgiev and Jesper Foss. But certainly this improves the chances that 
Tony D'Angelo will remain a Ranger because it freed up some cap space. And the other thing that I like here is Jeff Gordon and John Davidson were very honest and open. You know, they had a press conference yesterday. They talk about all the moves that the Rangers made. They even talk about the moves that the Rangers did not make. And they mentioned that part of the reason for this trade was they wanted to free up some cap space. And you got to give them credit for being honest about that. A lot of other front offices, I think, would play those cards close to the vest or they would kind of dance around it or give you some you know, half true kind of an answer. But, you know, Gorton and JD, they've been very upfront and honest with this fan base. And I think the fans appreciate and respect that. I know certainly I do. I know a lot of people listening to this probably do as well. And again, he, he was very honest here, said, hey, we need to free up a little bit of cap space. But I do have to say, you know, all the best to Brady Shea. Um, you know, again, I, I think this is a good move for the Rangers. I think it's a move that makes a lot of sense. And he's going to Carolina, and he's going to get a fresh start there. And he's going to jump right into his own playoff chase there because the Hurricanes, one of those kind of fringe playoff teams right now. But, you know, Brady Shea, he seemed like he was a very uh, well-liked guy in the locker room. And again, you know, I, I can't stress this enough. There have been times where he has played very well for the Rangers. And it's nice that the Rangers traded him to a team that's not like a huge division. I mean, the Hurricanes are in the same division as the Rangers, but they don't have the kind of bad blood with the Rangers that teams like the Islanders and the Penguins and the Flyers do. I wouldn't have wanted to see Brady Shea go to one of those teams for sure. So again, all the best to Brady Shea. He's got a fresh start with the Hurricanes there. He's got a playoff chase of his own to jump right into. But, you know, I don't think this is the kind of move that the Rangers are going to look back on and regret it for all the reasons that we just talked about. Again, it frees up cap space. There's a lot of good defensemen on the way. And again, Brady Shea, solid defenseman, but I think the Rangers have four defensemen right now that are better than he is. So I think this just makes a ton of sense. It just made too much sense not to do it for the Rangers. There were too many reasons to make this move rather than reasons to not make this move. And, you know, concluding, talking about, you know, everything the Rangers have done at this trade deadline here, you know, they strike the two deals on deadline day. They also had the trade that sent Joey Keane to the Hurricanes in exchange for Julian Gauthier. So two trades with the Hurricanes here. And if you missed our coverage of the Gautier trade, and again, the Rangers sent Joey Keane to the Hurricanes in exchange for Julian Gautier, we talked all about that back on episode 84, and then again in a crossover episode with the guys from Locked on Hurricanes in episode 85. So you can go back and listen to both of those episodes if you missed it. But yeah, I really like Gautier as well. You know, he's he's big dude. I thought that they might be bringing him in as kind of the long-term replacement for Chris Kreider, but as it turns out, it looks like we're going to have Chris Kreider and mini Chris Kreider here because they certainly have some similarities in their game. Gautier has that unique blend of speed and size that, that you love to see, and, you know, he's looked fairly good for the Rangers. You know, again, small sample size. He hasn't played that many games for them, but overall, I think I like what I've seen from Gautier so far. And then, of course, you know, the trade for Jean-Francois Barabee, an extra goalie. He comes in from the Flyers in exchange for future considerations. But, you know, again, if you want to put a letter grade on everything that the Rangers did here, I got to give them an A because it is just awesome to see Chris Kreider back. I know there were at least a few detractors from this move, but I think overall it makes a ton of sense to keep Chris Kreider in the fold moving forward. And then Brady Shea shipping him away. Listen, I know a lot of people like Brady Shea, and, and, you know, he has done some good things for this team, but there were just too many reasons. It just made too much sense not to move him to the Hurricanes. You know, you get the first-round pick in return. You deal from a position of strength and you free up some cap space, some much-needed cap space going forward because the Rangers have quite a few restricted free agents, and that could go a long way toward keeping some of them in the fold. Now, did the Rangers miss on anything at this trade deadline? There's nothing glaring for me. I mean, you could maybe argue that they could have traded Jesper Faust, and I hate even saying that out loud. As soon as I said that, I was like, no, don't, don't do that. But Faust, he is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season, and I'm not so sure how high he's going to be on the Rangers' list of priorities. Again, Jesper Faust is a rock-solid player, 
great tone setter, always plays hard, plays every shift like it's his last, but someone who might be kind of a secondary concern for the Rangers in the offseason. He might fall behind guys like Tony D'Angelo or Strom or Georgiev, you know, as far as the Rangers prioritizing who they want to bring back and who they are willing to let walk. But it's cool that, you know, Jesper Foss is at least going to be here down the stretch for this playoff run that the Rangers have embarked upon. And, you know, you just hope that he plays well for the Rangers. If this is it for him, then, you know, let's all just enjoy it because Jesper Foss has been a great Ranger. And it really is crazy to think, but he is one of the elder statesmen for this team. He's been here as long as just about anybody. The only longer tenured Rangers than Jesper Foss are Lundqvist, Stahl, and Kreider, which is crazy to think about. But Foss, again, a guy who's been here for a long time. So let's just enjoy the stretch run here. Maybe Foss plays a big role. The Rangers find their way back to the playoffs. And yeah, you know, fingers crossed that they'll find a way to get something done with Jesper Foss in the offseason. But yeah, I mean, the argument certainly could be made that, you know, the Rangers could have moved on from Jesper Foss. But, you know, again, I'm glad he's here. I'm glad he's going to play out this contract with the Rangers. I don't think he would have fetched like a massive return anyway. And the Rangers, they're up to their ears in draft picks and prospects anyway. So, you know what? Hang on to him. Let him play out the season. See if he can help the Rangers get back into the playoffs. And maybe he sticks around next year. Who knows? Maybe they can find some kind of deal and hang on to Jesper Foss going forward. But yeah, the Rangers are going to have a chance to continue this playoff push. And that continues tonight with an away matchup against the New York Islanders at Nassau. And just for a quick standings update here, the Rangers are 33-24-4. That is good for 70 points. The Islanders are 35-20-6. That gives them 76 points. Islanders right now hold the first wildcard spot while the Hurricanes and Blue Jackets are just behind them. The Canes and Jackets are tied for the second wildcard spot with 74 points apiece, although the Canes have played 61 games compared to 63 by the Jackets. So the Rangers just four points out of the postseason. The Rangers have already announced that Alex Georgiev will be in net tonight. And not sure what would have happened with Georgiev at the trade deadline had Igor Shosturkin and Pavel Buchnevich not been in that car accident. But it's all a moot point now because Georgiev is going to start. Lundqvist is going to back him up. And once again, we are thrilled to hear that, you know, Igor Shosturkin and Pavel Buchnevich escaped any major injuries there. Uh, You know, obviously a scary situation with the car accident and glad to hear that they're both going to be okay in the long term. But hey, you know what? From a hockey standpoint, next man up for the Rangers, Alex Georgiev, Henrik Lundqvist. They got to find a way to get it done. Keep the Rangers in this playoff chase. And again, huge game tonight. A huge two points on the line against the New York Islanders. One of the teams, not only the Rangers rival, but one of the teams that the Rangers are trying to track down as far as getting into the playoffs is concerned. And the Islanders, of course, brought in Jean-Gabriel Pajot. He will be making his debut with his new team tonight. So let's go ahead and shut him down and make sure he gets a goose egg. But again, big, big, big two points on the line tonight for the Rangers. We'll be back here tomorrow to talk about it with a new episode. But that's going to do it for today. So once again, guys, if you want to get in touch with this podcast, send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again for tuning in, guys. I'll see you next time.